Welcome. This is Efrat Sabalevsky from Why You Connects, excited to share another episode of Candidate, where we feature candid conversations about dating and marriage with experienced guests. Our talented host this evening is Anna Krauss. Anna is the director of NCSY's Shavet Glaubach Fellowship. She's also a master's degree student at the Wurzweiler School of Social Work and a volunteer for Why You Connects. She currently resides in Queens with her husband and family. This podcast is anonymously sponsored by Eloy Nishmas Chanoch Chaim Ben Yaakov Hakon and by the generous support of the Slomo and Cindy Sylvian Foundation. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Why You Connect podcast, Candidate, which offers candid conversations about dating and relationships. My name is Anna Krauss, and it's a pleasure to serve as your guest host today. Whether this is your first time tuning in or you are a returning audience member, we thank you for joining thousands of listeners across the globe as we explore topics together that face our community in the world of dating and relationships. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined by Dr. Evan Kroll, who's an accomplished licensed clinical psychologist in private practice in TNEC. Dr. Kroll has been practicing psychology for over 17 years, blending humor, compassion, and insight with cognitive behavioral methods, Dr. Kroll treats children, adolescents, and adults with anxiety, depression, ADHD, and specializes in the treatment of social anxiety disorder. This past summer, he served as the Director of Male Staff Development at HASP. He's a sought-after presenter and consults to schools, camps, and local organizations on a wide range of topics. Thank you, Dr. Kroll, for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. I think so. So our conversation today is going to focus on dating, control, and perfectionism, and how to build real meaningful relationships. So to start off this conversation, Dr. Cole, can you share with us just a little bit about okay, sure. what is perfectionism? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's definitely a, a like a misunderstood concept because, uh, you know, and I'll explain in a moment, uh, it looks like one thing, but it's re- really another. You know, what what it looks like is uh, people having an unreal, unrealistic expectations for either themselves or the other person that they're dating. You know, I mean, it, it can come up in a lot of different ways, but, you know, for, you know, for our purposes, we're going to talk about dating. So uh, a person has these like unrealistic expectations, which ultimately don't get met or can't be met. And that uh, unravels things. So that's what it looks like. But if you scratch the surface, and look what's uh, underneath that, it's really something else. It's someone really trying to make sure that they don't get rejected. It's a move because there's some insecurity or something that they're scared of that they're afraid is eventually going to happen. It's, it's almost inevitable in their mind. So therefore, they set up these unrealistic expectations that the other person can't meet and then, uh, as I said, the, the the relationship unravels. But it's not that they got rejected. It's because the person didn't meet what I expected of them. You know what I what I wanted wanted them to live up to. So, would you say that perfectionism in the context of relationships is really, in some ways, a coping mechanism? Perfect. For e- exactly. It's 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 a you know I would use the term self defense mechanism because I'm scared, uh, and I don't want to. You know, I'm scared of rejection. I'm scared of looking bad. I'm scared of disappointing someone. You know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, the person that I'm dating. You know, let's say, uh, I'll give you an example. You know, 
Certainly, if I go out with someone, or you know, and I think they're gonna, or I say yes to someone, and I'm afraid they're gonna say no. So I might have a very unrealistic expectation. Oh, they have to be super good looking. They have to be super from. They have to be super. Uh, you know, their family has to be a su- requirement. And if they don't hit it, you know, it's not me. You know, uh, I just I just have high standards. You know, uh, and in fact, you know, the word perfectionist doesn't sound so bad. You can say, uh, oh, I'm just a perfectionist, and uh, we kind of overlook like that. That that's uh, that's a good thing, you know. You want you know you want your doctor to be a perfectionist, you know. You want your mechanic to be a perfectionist, but the person you're dating, you don't want to be a perfectionist because you're gonna have to jump through a lot of hoops. So it sounds like there's one type of perfectionism in dating, which relates to having expectations of the other person. And that can clearly get in the way of the relationship. Have you seen that there is perfectionism in relationships in terms of oneself? Sure. sure. Well, again, I, I think perfectionism is, is on a spectrum. You know, you can be a light perfectionist and you can be a very heavy perfectionist. You know, I was using an example of at the beginning of a date and kind of rejecting people straight up. But, you know, you can be in a relationship for a long time and then that perfectionism comes out. So, you know, we can talk about that in a moment. And it can certainly come out on yourself that you you have certain very high demands of yourself that, oh, I, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to be rejected. I'm afraid I'm going to be hurt. I'm afraid something bad is going to happen. So I try really hard. Like I have, I have to plan amazing dates. You know, I have to be totally on. I can't be late. I can't, uh, I can't have, a, you know, a hair out of place because if anything goes wrong, then I'm vulnerable to rejection. And therefore, I have to try really, really, really hard, which which is an unreasonable expectation because we're we're human. That, that and that's the problem. You know, it it doesn't work because none of us are perfect. Right. So, what would you say are some of the dangers of dating a perfectionist? Right. I don't know if I use the word dangers, but but let's say red flags. Because again, perfectionists are not trying to do anything harmful you know they're they're as you said it's it's a it's a coping mechanism it's a self-defense mechanism because they're scared so you know what are the signs that that may be happening and i mean number one is that if a person is has kind of a reputation of being rejecting very fast you know the kind of uh they're, they're going on the you know 100 first dates that might be a red flag that the person's a perfectionist because that shouldn't happen, statistically speaking. If a person's a serial dater, uh, that might be a sign that they're struggling with some perfectionism, and which is fear. For example, you know, I, I have a mega fear of uh, of roller coasters. If you paid me a million dollars to go on King Dika and, and Great Adventure, I, I wouldn't do it, right? So <laughs> okay. Now, if I'm now if I'm with my friends, right, and they're all super, you know, excited to go, and I and I don't want to be embarrassed in front of them. So I might come up with some excuses like, oh, you know, the seats aren't comfortable. You know, uh, the weather isn't good. They don't have a safety rating. I could come up with all these different things that are happening. And then at first, you know, my friends will say, okay, fine. You know, Carl doesn't want to do that. But after a while, everyone's going to be like, do you not want to get on? (laughs) And if I'm really embarrassed or I'm scared of what's going to happen or of the ripping that I'm going to take after that, I'm going to come up with other excuses or other excuses to avoid. So when you're dating a perfectionist who's, let's say, equally terrified of something, that's what's going to happen. You're going to see a lot of excuses that sound reasonable, but after a while they get thinner, you know? 
people, other people are doing this. Other people are okay with this person. So why aren't, why aren't you? So when one's dating a, uh, you know, a, a, a perfectionist, uh, there, there's a lot of rejection uh, early on. You can, you can, you know, and if you hear that a person's kind of a serial dater, that, that may be a sign that they're, that they're struggling with some perfection. How does that manifest in the actual relationship? Usually I hear, you know, that it can get in the way of starting a relationship, either because someone has very high or rigid expectations of themselves or of the person who they would date. But once you get past those initial, let's say two dates, um, and so now someone is, you know, or three dates, and now someone, you know, would consider themselves to be dating. How how do those perfectionist tendencies manifest in a relationship? Right. And what do they and what do they do to the relationship? And that's common also. Uh, as I said, it's a spectrum. So some people can get through the early stages of uh, of a relationship, a couple of dates, and then that insecurity and that fear of being hurt will start coming out. It's not that they think that they're going to get rejected on day one. They think they're going to get re- they're going to get their heart broken at day day twenty, and that's going to be all all the worse, right? Because that's where there's real uh, investment. So it kind of comes out that things are looking good. People, they're having a nice time. They're going out and all of a sudden demands come up that someone will say, I'm not, you know, I don't know if this person's uh, really so, so from, you know, uh, to my level, even though uh, they've been dating seven, eight times, you know, or, and they probably did some research before they went out in the first place. Right. Or, you know, I'm not really attracted to them. I don't really feel it. Again, they've been dating a long time, and they're having they've they've been having long dates. They've they if you were watching, you know, from a, a camera, it looks like they're having a good time. But all of a sudden, these insecurities start popping up. But again, they're things that should have come up earlier. So, how can you distinguish between you know someone getting to know someone and having reasonable or we'll call it healthy, you know, ways of going through the dating process? And, um, you know, making assessments as they're going along, where does that then stop becoming, where does that stop being discernment and start becoming perfectionism? Where would you say that line is? Right. It's a, it's a fine line. And, And I think it's a very subtle one because we aren't looking for, we're not looking for imperfection, you know, and we're not, you know, we're doctors to take whatever we get. We, we want to date the right person and want this to be a, a mutually good relationship for everyone. So therefore you want to be attracted to that person. You want to have similar values. You want to uh, feel comfortable with their family. You want whatever your values or requirements uh, needs. That's probably the right word needs are, that's okay. You know, we all have them, but, and, and it could come out that after 10 dates, your someone's needs are not being met. That's okay also. But again, certain things, I think after a little while, maybe soft red flags that, uh, that there's some perfectionism going on. And if you can't talk about it, and I think that's probably, you know, to answer your question, to be able to talk about it in a non-judgmental way, to say, oh, you know, my, you know, I'm, I'm, this is something I'm thinking about. I'm having a great time. You know, you're thinking in very positive terms about the other person, about the relationship, but this is something that concerns me or that, that I'm thinking that we might be a little different about. So then that's an opportunity to find out if it's, you know, the self defense mechanism to try to uh, get out before I get hurt, or if it's a real, uh, real issue that, uh, that we're just not, we're not right for each other. So I, I think the answer is to be able to talk about it. If you can talk about it 
and again, and, and focus on the positives. I, I, I'm sorry, acknowledge the positives. Okay, so then uh, nothing's perfect. <laughs> and we're, we're discussing it like two adults. But if this thing is like a deal breaker when there's no discussion, then that's probably more perfectionism. You know, I'm not gonna say 100% of the time, but if you can't talk about something and then it's gotta be, and it's over and done with, without talking about it. So then, you know, something else is probably at play. So was there ever a specific client that you worked with where you saw one of these um, tendencies really play out and how it affected right. their relationship? Well, I'll tell you, I don't want to talk about a client because I'm afraid they might, uh, <laughs> might be listening. But, sure. uh, but I'll tell you something that uh, a conversation I just had with a dating coach within the last week. It was a, a girl and she had like a string of, of like one dates prior like a lot you know like 10 or something like like one dates where the majority of them she was rejected the guy uh didn't want to go out with her so she went out with this guy and she had uh and 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 the dating coach was telling her listen don't get uh don't get rattled don't uh you know no matter that happens you you don't don't uh don't stress yourself out all you want to do is just be yourself on each date and be comfortable one day to do it. Don't don't think big picture. Don't think pressure about uh, about marriage and, and and which all good all good advice. So and that was she was walking the walk, and she had gotten to like date eight or nine. And, uh, she would text the 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 dating coach and the shotgun like oh the curse is broken. Uh, um uh, you know things are going well. She she was really very happy at, uh, on the dates and. Mind you, the dates that she was having were like really long. They were like six, seven hours each. You know, there wasn't like they were just uh, you know go, going to a movie or you know, and they didn't have to talk to each other. They were they were they were long, and they were uh, they, at face value, they seemed very nice. All of a sudden, at date eight or nine, she started w- wondering: Is he religious enough for me? Is he, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm really attracted to him. And these things started coming up later on, and. I, I said to the uh, to, to the dating coach, I'm like, you know, uh, you'd think that that would have come out earlier. <laughs> I said that I think that she was really the, the quote unquote trauma of those 10 rejections were showing their head. Uh, the more she got, in, you know, the more she got invested uh, in this relationship because she's scared that she was going to get rejected and it was going to. OK, so she she uh, outsmarted the guy for nine dates, but eventually it's going to go bad. You know, so I said to the dating coach, I said, you, you really want to tell her that, you know, focus on what, what does she think is going well? What is she, what, what is she enjoying? I mean, th- there are objective measures that this is going well. Nine very long dates are an indica- indicative that, that there's some chemistry. So there's definitely connection. And if she wasn't attracted to this guy at all, you'd expect that to come out earlier also and uh and the dating coach said that you know they you know the guy's a fine looking guy that there's nothing you know that that, that she would not have predicted that be, to be an issue so uh, you know she, she she called out the girl she said listen i think this is your, your fear talking and you know you're, you're not going to enjoy the ride if you're you're scared about what's going to happen later and and so far they they've gone out like you know like four or five more dates and it's it's gotten wow. much better for sure wow. So, uh, but, but before the dates, I, I said, let's tell her before the, you know, tell her, tell her that, uh, that's going well. And, uh, if you relax and you just enjoy and, and get, enjoy the moment and focus on what you're bringing to the table, 
you know, and, and in your positives and that uh, you're, you're doing great. This guy seems to, you know, like her very much. That's real. That, that, that's all, that's all you can go on, you know, and, and you, you bank that for the future. Wow. Do you think that in a healthy relationship, people have to tolerate another person's or even their own imperfections? And if so, then how, how can someone work towards that? If that's something which is challenging for them? Right. Well, number one, we're all imperfect. So uh, I, I certainly model uh, <laughs> imperfection. So, so yeah, so everyone has to have a certain level of tolerance for imperfection. You know, the person I'm dating, my wife has to tolerate my, my imperfection. She's perfect, my wife, but, uh, but she has to tolerate my imperfection. So, so the simple to your question is, yeah, everyone has, has to be okay, you know, with something, you know, everybody's got something. Some people are late. Some people are messy. Some people uh, have, uh, uh, have allergies. Some people are, uh, don't come from the greatest uh, family situation. Some people uh, ha- have whatever is going on. We have to acknowledge that. And, and when people say, oh, this person's perfect. No way. <laughs> because uh, it's not true. It, it, it's not true. We've, we've built them up in our brain to think that they're perfect. And there's going to be a letdown at some point. So, uh, so yeah. So, we do have to tolerate certain imperfections in ourselves and in others. But at the same time, there are certain things that we shouldn't tolerate at all. If a person's doing something or engaging in a behavior that's unhealthy, uh, for them, you know, and unhealthy for the relationship, they're abusive, or they're they're doing something that's really uh, going to erode the relationship. That, that's something certainly we don't have to tolerate. And I think if there's if we're dating someone who makes us feel bad, makes us feel you know bad about ourselves, that's not something to ever tolerate. A relationship is supposed to be something that recharges us, not not depletes us. So uh, I think there, there's a certain healthy level of tolerance for imperfections. And then there's some things that we should absolutely not tolerate at all. When we talk about dating and people's dispositions within dating, a word that's often used to describe people or could be used is pickiness. Oh, he's very picky. She's very picky. You know, he's very picky about looks. She's very picky about looks. You know, they're very picky about what would you say the difference is between pickiness and perfectionism? Or do you think that when we are talking about pickiness in someone when they're dating, that that in some way is a code word for some level of perfectionism? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, again, perfectionism is fear-based. It's about, it's about being scared of getting rejected. and pickiness you know people are entitled to be picky that that's okay you know uh people are entitled to their standards but that standards has to be coming from a good place and and, and a realistic place so i think that really looking at the big picture and zeroing out if 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 this pickiness is is serving the person well then that okay that's fine you know you you like uh you like a very specific flavor of ice cream that that's totally cool you know but if if you're just never happy with anything that comes your way there's always a fault that's not serving you well that that's keeping you safe but it's also keeping you alone 
Right. At the point at which it's not serving you, at which it's coming from a place of fear, not a place of excitement or motivation in the relationship. Right. And and and, and it's subtle. I, th- I think I think it's hard. I think it's very easy for people to to judge pickiness as perfectionistic. Like, oh, you're 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 looking for something that doesn't exist. And uh and some people it's not true. They're just they like something very specific that and and that's what does it for them. But then they have to acknowledge that it's going to take a long time to find that 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 person isn't isn't uh, isn't common and 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 they're okay with that because they're looking for something specific and that and that has risks and that's scary you know for sure but if they're okay with that and it's not fear based it's coming from these are my needs I'm okay with what my needs are and I'm I'm okay if it's going to take longer and and it's scary that I I don't that it hasn't happened yet but I'm still going to hold on to that that that's okay but if it's fear based that you know, no, it's got to happen now, and I'm angry, and it should happen. And why aren't why isn't more of this happening? So then, that's probably coming from a uh, perfectionistic uh, fear. So, would you say that other people who are not directly in the relationship ever have either control or tendencies towards perfectionism that end up having an impact on the relationship? Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, and uh, I, I, I was trying to allude to this earlier, but yeah, some people's fear of rejection or fear of of, some, of negative consequences, it doesn't have to be about the relationship itself. Uh, it can be from a parent or friends and their comments or or disapproval. So, uh, and that happens very often where parents uh, or, or friends you know, have a certain standard, uh, and they say, "Oh, uh, and then and this per- and you know, person A is dating person B, and they like them, they like B, but that they're afraid that their parents or their friends are going to be uh, are going to judge them. Uh, what you dated him? You dated her? <laughs> What's up with that? I, I never would have expected that. Uh, you know, or the parent, oh, you know, my guilt. You, uh, I, I think you can do better." Whatever negative, unsupportive thing that that, that well intentioned may uh, may be occurring. So if that person's really sensitive to it, a great way to get out of it is to be perfectionistic, is to say, oh uh, yeah, this guy's good or she's great, but she's not uh, not my look, not my uh, you know. I, I just have really high standards. So then no one can real again. No one can really criticize you if you think you're just if you just have high standards, because you can say back what you want me to lower my standards, you know, there's a great defense against that. So yeah, to, to answer your question, absolutely. A third party can absolutely be part of the equation. And do you think that there is such thing, you know, when people are setting out on their journeys, obviously everyone is looking for the best possible, healthiest relationship. Would you say that there is such thing as a perfect partner for someone or a perfect love, or, you know, when we speak about finding your other half, that there is, you know, one perfect person for you. Well, that term, you know, perfect partner, perfect love, you know, we we all love that concept. And uh, I I do, you know, (laughs) Uh, yeah, you know, uh, listen, I'm I'm a psychologist, I'm expressive, you know, I, uh, I'm I'm okay in the feelings world, you know. But the the truth is is that the 
we get we get sold uh, uh, you know unrealistic expectations of what a perfect love or perfect relationship is. You know, we from we, you know you watch a movie and uh, you know the couple gets together uh, in Central Park while it's raining and uh, they just they just love you know they they just finally found each other and it and it's magical. Uh, that that's great. I, I I love that you know, but they got to drive home together. <laughs> they uh, they got to go to work the next day. So the normalcy of life it isn't captured in poetry or in movies or in books that's that's boring <laughs> and not in a bad way boring it's it's just normal it's it's just normal so if our expectation is that perfect love or our perfect partner is something like that that's not normal it can't be normal because we we got to we got to go to work we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta clean our, we gotta clean our uh, desks. You know, whatever it is, we gotta do them. We have to do mundane things. So the the perfect partner is someone who is imperfect. You know, who, who obviously the perfect partner is a person that you get along with, that supports you, you you enjoy being with, looks out for you, you look out for them. Uh, it, but uh, there are moments where there's imperfect imperfection. They're late. They don't clean up after themselves. They do. Uh, they, they they don't listen sometimes. You tell them something, and they 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 didn't. They they wanted to hear, but they didn't. So there are imperfections, and it's not all romance and passion. It it's it's good times. It's an, it's a mutually supportive times, uh, and it's normal times that are what normal people go through. It sounds like looking to media representations of you know, romantic relationships obviously can be very destructive and, you know, give false impressions of what a relationship might look like. Have you found that people, you know, even beyond media impressions do this within their own lives, either from previous relationships they've been in or looking from the outside at someone else's relationship and then apply some of what they think they see onto a picture of what they want for themselves? Sure. I, I think that also um, that is uh, super common. We, we are bombarded with other people's images of their relationships or their experiences. I have a smartphone. I have, uh, you know, I'm 48 years old. I, you know, I, I have a Facebook page, you know, to be in touch with old friends. But I, I will tell you, I, I really do believe this, uh, that the invention of social media as probably one of the worst things that could have happened to mental health, uh, and and I'm and I'm not I'm not, I'm not overstating that. Again, I have one. I, you know, it's one of those things that probably we would be better off if it hadn't been invented, because we're bombarded by what other people want us to see, and uh, we know it. You know, we all know it, <laughs> but but we're all busy, so we don't stop and think. We just uh, we see what we see. So we, we make automatic evaluations, responses to what we see and what people show us. People don't tell their friends or when we go to school or school or work, everything that's going on. We only tell us uh, what they want to show us. So uh, therefore, we can come to the to the conclusion that their lives are perfect or their relationships are perfect. And it doesn't have any bumps or imperfections in it. And therefore, that's what we want for ourselves. But that's it's. The, the farthest thing from the truth. And, and, and again, that's not to be negative or, you know, or cynical. It, it's it's just reality. 
So, uh, you know, I, I'm a normal person. You're a normal person. Assume everyone else is a normal person. <laughs> and they, uh, they deal with uh, normal bumps like everyone else. In your work with clients in the past, how have you, how do you direct people in terms of if they have tendencies towards imperfection that you think are making them unhappy or are getting in the way of their relationships? And how could our listeners take some of these, you know, tips? And if they find that they have these tendencies in themselves, um, what, what could they do to work towards becoming more comfortable with imperfection? Right. First of all, and I, and I say this with, with compassion, it, it's really hard to admit that you have some problem with perfectionism because it's about, it's about fear and it's about fear of vulnerability. So to admit that uh, it isn't easy uh, at all. You know, so, so whether it's a shotgun or a friend, like, you know, I think you're a perfectionistic, you know, I listen to a podcast, you know, I think this might be you, you know, they're not going to, for the for the most part, they're not going to say, "Oh, thank you." You, you, you know, I, I didn't know that. Uh, they probably know it themselves, but uh, but they don't want to admit it, and they certainly don't want to admit it to another person because that's that's definitely scary. So, if someone is struggling with that, or if someone has a friend or a family member that might be struggling with perfectionism, it needs to be said in such a gentle, non-judgmental way, and and it's normal. You know, there's a certain normalcy to it. Relationships are scary, you know, and in our world, it's 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 a high stakes game. You know, no one wants to be, uh, no one wants their heart broken. No one wants to be in a bad relationship. It, it, it's hard. But if a person really is struggling with it, it's important to, you know, to get into therapy, to be able to talk about that fear. And, and, and the antidote to that fear really is knowing your self-worth what you bring to the table because if a person feels that they have some good qualities to bring to the table they really bring they they really know it they know yeah i'm uh, i'm a, i'm a good catch also therefore therefore if they get rejected for whatever reason okay so this person isn't for me but i've got good qualities and someone else uh, someone else is for me out there because i'm a normal okay catch <laughs> So why shouldn't there be someone out there for me? And and I think that that's a, a healthy perspective. But if a person thinks that they are, you know, doesn't have those qualities, doesn't have the self-worth or doesn't acknowledge what they bring to the table. So that, that that's where you start. That, that, that's I, I had a guy once in my office. He said to me, <laughs> he said, he goes, Dr. Krull, you got you got to help me be better with girls. He said, uh, he goes, uh, I'm terrible. He goes, and don't tell me to be myself because I stink. <laughs> So I said, uh, well, that's where we're going to start, because if that's what you're thinking, then it, it certainly isn't isn't going to work. So he could go into a lot of, you know, self-defense uh, mechanisms to, to try to be super cool or super, super awesome or demand of the other person things that are unreasonable. But if he if he thinks that he stinks, so that, that's going to come out at some point. And then he's right. The, the relationship's going to going to suffer. For sure. Are there any other practical, you know, pieces of either advice or just insight that you would want to share with, you know, people who are just starting relationships or even who are in relationships or helping others find relationships related to this topic of control or perfectionism, you know, and ultimately building a healthy relationship? I, I think that uh, number one, I just, I just want to say this, that uh, I, I meant to think, say this earlier. 
but, but perfectionism is very common. It's, I'm saying that to validate anybody who, who may be struggling with it. it. I think statistics show that it's like 30% of the population and in high achieving populations, it's like 80%. It's like really high and it doesn't have to be in in relationships per se, but it can come out in a lot of different ways and looking for a job or, uh, or or putting yourself out there on, on Instagram, whatever it might be. A perfectionism is very common, especially in high achieving populations. And, and that's because they've done so well all, all, all the time. Things have gone well for me. You, know, you take someone who, who did well in school their whole life. They were the valedictorian, they grew in, and then they applied to uh, Harvard University and uh, they don't get in. So they're really embarrassed. They're like, uh-oh, now people are not going to think so great of me. And uh, you want to say, you know, it's hard to get into Harvard. You know, just because just just you didn't get into Harvard doesn't mean that you're not smart. You're so, your, your value isn't dependent on someone else, something else. To answer your question, on a, everybody, re- rejection is normal. We We all have it. And we want to be able to believe that we have the wherewithal to to handle it. That that's at that's at its core. Someone who who's really fearful of rejection or awkwardness or judgment, they told they're telling themselves, you know, uh, understandably, for, you know, that uh, uh, I can't handle it. I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to handle this feeling. It's going to be too bad. It's going to be too horrible. I, I got to get out of here before it gets really uncomfortable. So if a person can normalize it, this happens to everybody. And again, and it happens to everybody. And they can uh, can kind of sort of uh, cushion it. So that way, when if and when it happens, that's okay. That, that's normal. When people tell me they got they got uh, dumped or, and uh, they got rejected, I'm like, okay, you're you're a normal person. You, you did your best. Good. You know, you're you're smarter for the next one. Th- that that's all it is. So on a practical level, acknowledging that this this is the way the this is the way it is in in a good way in in a good way because that means it takes the pressure off if if, uh, if we don't have to be perfect and we don't have to demand perfection from the other person and we'll be okay if things if we don't match up we can be comfortable in our own skin and that's how good relationships come because we're more comfortable we can enjoy the moment and if we enjoy the moment we we have more of them wow wow well thank you so much for speaking with us today dr Kroll and for sharing your expertise and your perspective with us. And thank you to our listeners for joining us in this candid conversation on this episode of Why You Connect Candidates. Yeah, super, thank you for having me. This is, this is great. Thank you to our gracious hosts and guests this evening. Please email us at whyyouconnects at yu.edu to suggest future dating and relationship building topics and guests for your enjoyment candidate at why you connects.